Welcome back, family. It's from the sidelines. I'm your host, a.k.a. Twenty, uh, also known as Twine. Uh, the Twitter handle is branding underscore elite at Twitter. It's also the same thing for Instagram. And then also our official email to email us any of your comments, questions that you want answered on the next podcast or just suggestions for our shows. That would be from the sidelines guys with an S at gmail.com. So I'm going to pass it to our other host today. We down one host. So go ahead and introduce yourself, bro, before we get started. What's going on, subscribers, family, and friends? You already know who this is. This is your boy, Charlie, a.k.a. As far as the family go, they know me as Bobo. Um, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter is uh, Charlie8606. Again, like he dropped that email as well. So email us also as well. We'll get to those as well on the next podcast. And like I always say, man, let's get right to it, man. Let's get right to it, then. So we're going to jump right into the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm going to start it off here. As uh, from the last two uh, podcasts that everybody listened to, they know I was rooting for the Rams to go ahead and pull off this win. Uh, I, I still going to say it. I believe it with all my heart that 95% of the world uh, did not want to see the Patriots win, but that's what ended up happening. Uh, to the extent that I, uh, I believe to the fullest that nobody wants to see the Patriots win, the ratings on that uh, Super Bowl was the lowest it's been in 10 years. That's one decade, people. So to show you how much that people wasn't interested in seeing the Patriots win, that's how bad it was. So it was a good defensive battle all the way through. I think that the uh, Rams offense uh, definitely let their defense down because their defense actually played probably the best they played all season long during the regular season and throughout the playoffs. They gave them every opportunity and even gave them the ball back a lot of times with three and outs, a turnover here, um, you know, some big time sacks for their offense to produce, you know, more than just three points. And they did not, they did not show up. Um, you can't leave a defense out there. I've been harping that this whole time on our podcast. You cannot leave your defense out there for that long. Um, the time of possession was very lopsided in favor for the Patriots. And then basically at the end, it just caught up with the Rams defense. So, Charlie, I'm going to pass it to you so you can go ahead and give your thoughts on that game yesterday. Oh, man, I appreciate that. I mean, you pretty much hit it, a lot of it on the nail for me. But I'm going to take, take it a step further and say this. Jared Goff played scared yesterday. I don't care what anybody said. That man looked it like a rookie out there last night. I mean, it was it was it was passes that he should have made, especially one that was in the end zone to Brandon Cooks, and he waited. The man had his hand up. I mean, it was a ball coverage. They was in a zone. They was in a zone coverage. Meaning the Patriots defense and Brandon Cooks beat the zone by himself. Put his hand up, and the man missed him. Come on, you can't do that, man. He won the fastest players on the field, man. And then you missed that. And then he underthrew it in the process. Can't do that, man. As well, um, Sean McVay, he got out coached. The man even meant it. I even said that. The man got out coached. You know what I'm saying? He underestimated Bill Belichick and, and, that, and that defense as well. I also said, too, on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken, 20, that Bill Belichick was going to make adjustments. You know what I'm saying? He's known to take star players out of the game. Am I right or am I wrong, Twan? You are correct. I think yeah. we both had said that as yeah, well, we too. Did. 
Yes, we did. Not that to the Rupert School. We both did. So just by look at it alone, um, Sony Michael outrushed both Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson by himself. By himself. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take it a step further. Rex Burkhead outrushed Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson by himself as well. You know what I'm saying? So when you have 150, when you have between those two players, you have like almost 130 yards, 130 some yards to between Ty Gurley and CJ Anderson, um, 80 some yards. That's pretty bad. Now, again, the the you know the the, the other host, the man said 250 yards or three touchdowns. I don't know about you, Twenty, but did you see 250 yards or three touchdowns? <laughs> All right, Charlie. So. Um, I'm just going to basically say, I'm going to go back to what you were saying about uh, the Russian stats here. So with the Russian stats, um, with, I, 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 what I'm going to say is the Rams actually did their part uh, all the way up to the fourth quarter. So the, uh, so the Patriots really didn't outrush the, uh, the Rams until it was all said and done. Where the game, where the Rams defense needed to make a stop at the very end, you know, in order to get their, their offense the ball back. But they've been doing that all game. But, again, going back to how lopsided the time of possession was with the Patriots leading and then the Rams offense barely producing anything at the end of the day, and I've been harping on it all season, when your defense is out there and you're asking them, give me the ball back, give me the ball back, give me the ball back, but you're not doing anything, this is when the mistakes happen. And that's what happened at the very end of this game. And, LaJean, I know you couldn't make it to this show today, but this is what I've been harping on all season. You know, we went back and forth at it, but stats don't lie. When your offense is not producing and they ain't putting up what they're supposed to be doing, you know, or at least holding the ball a little bit longer to allow their defense to get any rest, it catches up to you. There's only so much that defense can do. And like I said earlier, the defense had been playing lights out, probably the best they played all season throughout the regular season and including in the playoffs here. So, Charlie, you know, I got to, you know, disagree with you on that aspect because, again, they had Sonny Michelle at 26 yards all the way up into the third quarter uh, before, you know, toward the uh, middle of the fourth quarter when he started breaking off some long runs. Same thing with uh, Rex Burkhead. Burkhead, toward the end of the game, you know, broke off a couple of long runs because he wasn't doing much as well either. You know, Tom Brady didn't look as good either. He was throwing some balls that was kind of flat, that was a little short, or they was behind some players as well too. Even though you got a player out there with 11 catches, a lot of those passes didn't look good. So, again, Rams defense did their part. You know, it's just at the end where you're tired, you're trying to make something happen, you know, anything to try to get that ball back and get some points on the board because, you know, time is running down and that's when everything started happening. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it back to you. Let me, you know, give me your thoughts on that. I mean, I'm not disputing anything that you're saying. Don't get, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But when you, again, when you stay committed to the running game, you're going to, you're going to get those results. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Granted, they may not have came into the second half, but they stay committed to the running game. You see what I'm saying? The Rams didn't stay committed to the running game like they should have, like they like they have done when they they went they when they was in when they excuse me, let me rephrase that. When they played Dallas in LA and they ran for 250 yards, three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? So again, yeah, it might have came in the fourth quarter or in the second half, but when you got 32 carries altogether rushing. 
for the Patriots, and then there's 18 carries for the Rams. What does that tell you? You see what I'm saying? That, that, that tells a story. They also tell a story, too, that Todd Gurley won 100%. I don't, I don't give a damn what nobody say. He won 100%. Excuse me, like, he won 100% at all. And then not only that, you didn't utilize him like you usually have done in the regular season. Those two should have dominated Sunday night if you, if, to take the pressure off your young quarterback. You see what I'm saying? You got you got a, someone that can catch out the backfield and tie girly. You see what I'm saying? And that could run the ball. And then when he did got – when he was getting it going, it's like they went away from it. And, yeah, the Patriots, Tom Brady, he didn't play good either. I mean, he played – I mean, he didn't play great, but he didn't play good either. So you're right. The Rams' defense did what it was supposed to do. But when they gave up that long drive, and then, you know, and it was playing soft. The coverage was too soft, in my opinion. You see what I'm saying? Get up those long, long yardage to um, Ellerman, and then a run, then a, you know, the, the long run to uh, Sony Michelle, and then you gave up the long receiving yardage to Gronkowski, which has been a shell of himself all season. That's how you end up getting those scoring. That's how you end up getting that scoring touchdown as well. It, it, again, I wasn't impressed with this Super Bowl. I thought the Super, this Super Bowl was, was terrible in my opinion. But again, both defenses played to how they were supposed to play. But you got to give Bill Belichick the credit that he deserves. The man was brilliant of taking away um, those two-headed monsters I mean, Ty Gurley and C.J. Anderson and made Jared Goff look like a rookie Sunday last night. I mean, what do you say, Twani? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back on a, a lot of what you just said. I understand where you're coming from with the Patriots not uh, uh, stopping, you know, their, their, their plan to run the ball. They did stay committed to it. I agree with you on that versus if you look at the numbers outs, outside of, you know, saying the game film, it looked like that the Rams gave up on the run, you know, versus, yeah. um, you know, the Patriots, you know, committing to the run. But again, when you ain't getting most of your rushing yards, it didn't matter how many actually carries they decided to do. The fact of the matter was that the Rams defense held them down until five minutes in the fourth quarter before they actually broke off, you know, those long runs. That's when the long drive came in, and that's when they got that that touchdown, the, the long touchdown in this game here. That's when, you know, everything started to get real at that point. So, um, again, yeah, they, they kept trying to run the ball, but they really couldn't run the ball. They kept trying to run it with Michelle. They kept running with uh, Burkhart, et cetera, but they were – unable to really run that ball you know the longest run up to the Patriots before that long run was uh only six yards you know um Ty Gurley ended up with a 16 yard rush you know before they broke off you know before the Patriots broke off their longest run with Sony Michelle so that's what I'm saying it's just like yeah they stay committed to the run but again that long run started happening when the defense started getting tired, you know, because they were out there yet again because their offense wasn't doing anything. Now, to go further, you know, on what you were discussing as well, too, um, the, you know, you keep saying that uh, 
that Jared Goff plays scared, I would play a little bit scared too when my offensive line just allowing these dudes to just come through right up the middle and just label me every time I even try to get a chance to pass the ball. The fact of the matter is, it's just like, you know, some of the times when he missed some of them players, he didn't even have a chance to throw. He just had to try to put it in the area and hope something happened because they was right in his face every time. You know, they were disguising blisses. Yes. You know, they were disguising where the rush was coming from. Yes. But at the same time, your offensive line was confused before your quarterback even had a chance to get confused because they were back there just that fast. And the beginning of the game, the Rams defense was doing the same thing as well, too, where again, right away, it forced Tom Brady into an interception. He, it was, you know, it was, it could have been picked off by the cornerback, but he at least batted in the air and you, and their linebacker slid right underneath it. So, you know, you was confusing things right away. So I don't call it a terrible game because it was a good defensive battle. And that's what you expect to see out of two Super Bowl teams. You know, if they if these are supposed to be the two best and top teams in the league, you expect to see a good defensive battle before, between both teams. And you're supposed to see, you know, offenses, you know, what I'm saying kind of, you know, finding themselves, which we didn't see out of the Rams, but we did see the Patriots find themselves when it mattered most. And they got that touchdown and pretty much that sealed it away. Not that last field goal. It was that touchdown that kind of sealed it away because they had the Rams on their heel. You know, it was like the pressure's on you to score now. And we've been holding you down all this point. We just scored on your defense now. Can your offense score on our defense? And they could not. They couldn't do anything. We talk about a team that scored 31.7 points per game throughout the regular season, and you can only get three points. You know, it took that offensive line to, you know, play, took this game out of all games to play. They the ones that look scared to me. I'm going to just be 100. They the ones look scared. That offensive line made it look like the Patriots had Aaron Donald, your defensive MVP, and the Dominican suit on their side of the ball versus their team having uh, a Dominican suit and Aaron Donald, somebody they faced in practice throughout mini camp and training camp, you know, and then, you know, even practice if you want to, you know, keep it technical. We know they do walkthroughs and practices once a season mm-hmm. start, but, you know, that offensive line made – you know, the Patriots defense looked like they had that type of, you know, saying defensive front when they did not. They looked scared. They caused, you know, all the havoc out there. They looked confused and they looked like they did not want to be out there, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, that that's my take on that one. So I'm going to pass it back to you one more time before we go, you know, to our, to our next topic here. Yeah, for sure. Um, now that you mentioned that old, you know, that D line, um, when I was at my, I went to a Super Bowl party at my my guy uh, Peter Barber house. Shout out to my guy Peter Barber. Um, he pretty much hit that. He pretty much said what you, you know, was kind of was saying about that D line. He said that he's like, I'm I'm telling y'all right now that that D line for the Patriots is so underrated. You gonna see, you gonna see it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I, I I don't know. You you know you still got the you still got the Rams D line, and he was right. He was right, man. You you thought that. Uh, Dominican Sue, you know, Dominican uh, Sue, however you want to say his name, and Aaron Donald was playing for the Patriots. The way that D line was getting after um, Jared Goff. Jared Goff had four sacks. You know, he got sacked four times, excuse me. Um, um, God, Tom Brady had, he only got sacked once. He only got sacked one time. So, man, it just, it just, just shows, man, that that D line. And I, I picked Aaron Donald to have a dominant game. He really didn't have a dominant game. I mean, he had a couple – I mean, he had a, you know, a couple hits here and there. But 
you know, I mean, he had a couple tackles, even though he was getting hold the whole game. I'm not going to, you know, I know, you know, if you watch football, I know you've seen the two twine. He was getting hold. Am I, mm-hmm. am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, he was definitely getting held. So was Adamica Sue. So I can't say that um, they weren't getting that pressure. They was getting held and those calls was missed to the point that um, I know that the, um, that the Rams had a lot of self-inflicted penalties, mm-hmm. but they were still lopsided penalties because there were some holding calls. There were some late hit calls, you know, all on the Rams side while the Patriots um, barely had any calls against them. So, um, you know, I'm going to send a shout out to my cousin, Rod Pearson. You know, I know you're a Patriots fan, but at the end of the day, you had just pointed out a stat to me how lopsided um, the Patriots in the uh, AFC championship game was and the penalties um, in this Super Bowl. We seen exactly that it was lopsided against the Rams again. Now we can count out the number of, uh, you know, self-inflicted wounds on the offensive side of penalties, but at the end of the day, defensively, uh, defensively, the calls were well um, on the Rams side. Um, penalties called against them versus the Patriots, and the Patriots got away with a lot of stuff there. Yeah, they did. I can't let that slide at all. Yes. Yeah, and again, shout out to the Patriots, man. You know, um, they won a six Super, you know, Super Bowl ring, um, and you know, for their franchise as well. Um, Brady got six rings. You know, Bill Belichick got six rings. Again, um, you know, uh, Tom Brady is not Jordan because when Jordan got to the big dance, he was 6-0. You see what I'm saying? So we can go ahead and shut all that down at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? And Jordan didn't have to cheat, you know, to get his rings. I'm sorry. I'm being a hater right now, but I'm just, you know, I'm just <laughs> just being real, just keeping 100. So I'm just going to end it on that, Twani, man. I'll let you go ahead and introduce the next topic, man. Hey, before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and hate right along with you. You're right. Jordan did not lose in the championship. Brady did. I know this is different sports. So, hey, the only thing I'm going to say is Brady is the uh, the greatest of all time in football, but he ain't the greatest of all time of sports in general. That one still belongs to Michael Jordan. So, hey, let me let, let y'all, you know, hate. You know what to do. Shout out to the email, you know, with your comments or whatever and stuff. But at the end of the day, the greatest of all time is still Michael Jordan. You know, uh, I'm going to give uh, congrats to the Patriots because we know what they do. We know they cheat a little bit. We know that uh, Tom Brady is still a very good quarterback at the end of the day. And can't nobody, you know, saying touch him. That's, you know, it, numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. Super Bowl wins definitely don't lie. So definitely the greatest quarterback of all time. But that's as far as they go for me. All right. So we're going to jump right into this uh, next topic here. We're going to talk about the NBA. The big talk is, you know, last week's big trades here. You know, some shocking moves here as well, too. So I'm going to start with you, Charlie, right away. What do you think about the trades that we didn't already seen happen this past week? I appreciate that, uh, Twani, man. Um, the one that's kind of everybody's kind of been talking about um, that happened over the over this past weekend is that uh, Porzingis trade. Um, there was reports already coming out. Everybody already knows that the man was not happy the way the direction uh, the Knicks were going, and he wanted out. So they pretty much say, okay, you want out, then you out. And I'm, this is what it is. So just to kind of brush everybody up, um, they traded with the Dallas Mavericks. So he got sent to the Dallas Mavericks. So here's what Dallas got in this trade. They got Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. Not bad. But if you're New York, you got Dennis Smith Jr., 
you got DeAndre Jordan, then you got Wesley Matthews, and then you got uh, two future first round picks. Not bad at all, as well. And those future, um, those future uh, two future first round picks, um, those are like I believe it's in twenty twenty one, twenty or twenty one, um, and twenty two as well. Again, that's why they call future draft picks, as well. In my opinion, both both teams won. Here's why I say that. Um, when you're talking about New York, you're talking about you got a player in Dennis Smith Jr., which is, you know, which is lights out. The man can play as well. Then you still got a DeAndre Jordan that can still give you rebounds and block shots as well. You know, you got Wesley Matthews. He's not the same Wesley Matthews as he was in in Portland. But, you know, you still got someone that can still shoot the three, you know, that like Tim Hardaway Jr. as well when he's able to knock down those shots as well. Then you jump over to Dallas side. Um, I look at this as like Porzingis. It's like the you know they look at Porzingis like the next Dirk, um, along with that rookie. Um, I can't pronounce his name, so I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Everybody know who that rookie is because the man to me is rookie of the year candidate hands down as well. Um, I you know pronounce his name in a few moments here. But then you also got Tim Hardaway Jr. You got Trey Burke coming over there, which Trey Burke could be a good backup to that rookie as well. So I feel like both teams won. And then before I pass it back to you, Twani, to get your thoughts on this particular this particular trade, New York just set themselves up for the summer. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you got rid of cap, you, you, you got cap space. You see what I'm saying? And I believe that DeAndre Jordan is coming off the books. I also believe that Wesley Matthews also coming off the books as well you know, to get two max contracts, which could be Kyrie, that's from that's from that area, and also Kevin Durant to play with Dennis Smith Jr. You see what I'm saying? And then you, you know, and then not only that, now you're looking like a contender with that coach, with the coach they have, which is not a bad coach at all. So I'm gonna pass it to you, Twenty, what you got to say, man? Okay. Um I, I I'm gonna say that I agree with everything you were saying right there. Um Long story short, I think that both teams definitely does win this trade. I think that the Rams, excuse me, where did that come from? Um, the Knicks, um, they they set themselves up for you know being able to sign two max players. Um, they they have an opportunity to bring the hometown boy and Kyrie home, you know, which I think would set uh, the whole New York fan base on fire. Uh, but they also have a chance to bring in uh, Kevin Durant. And even if they don't have a chance to bring in Kevin Durant, they still have an opportunity to go ahead and bring in AD. So either way it go, you know, New York has got something to be excited about. Yeah, they're going to end up giving up a lot and already have but they really, you know, uh, put themselves in position to, you know, uh, for this team to start winning again and get back into the playoffs like the old Knicks of the 90s, like I remember when they used to battle against the Bulls. Now, flipping it to the other side, the Mavs, I think they also win this trade as well, too. Because even if they did not uh, or do not have Przingis play this year, and I think uh, that's the front office and their marketing department, you know, trying to cool the fan base like, hey, you know, he's not ready yet because he's dealing with, you know, the torn ACL recovery. We're just going to play it smart and say he's not going to play this season. If he does, great for him. But if not, it's, it's a smart marketing move to, you know, say, hey, you know, let the fans know he's not going to play this year. He'll be back next year. So either way it go. 
they're in position to, you know, get back into the playoffs and be in the hunt for a long time when whenever he does come back, whether it's this year or next season, you know, they they they're all set up. It's 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 a win win situation for both teams. I don't see a reason why you know that the Knicks can't bring in two max players. They're a big market team. Everybody want to go to a big market, you know, a big market city, especially one like New York. You can't go wrong. So a New York, uh, uh, a Los Angeles, and then you know a Chicago or a Miami. You know, even though those two ain't in the hunt for big markets, uh, excuse me, for for max players. Uh, what I mean is somebody wants to go where, you know, it's glamour and glitz and, you know, that it's a markability, you know, type of city that they can play in, you know, where it's always going to be, you know, somebody's paying attention to them. So, again, both win-win situations. I'm going to pass it back to you. You know, what, what else? What else is your thoughts on this trade here? Man, I mean, you I mean, again, it's just. Both teams are pretty much set up for the future if you look at it um, as well. Um, like I said, the rookie is playing lights out. Like I said, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, pronounce his name wrong or anything. We all know who he is. Right, right. And um, you add him in there with Pazingas and then the pieces that they've run over, you know, you're talking about a Steve Nash Dirk, you know, 2.0, technically. You see what I'm saying? Yep. As well. And then not only that, you can build off that with those two. You know what I'm saying? You know, like they did back in the day. And then put a champion, you know what I'm saying? Put some pieces over there, put a championship team around them and go from there as well. You know, so I think it was a smart move on both sides as well. Um, good luck to both teams in the future with, you know, how they traded their players as well. Like I said, eventually in the end, it's going to work out for both teams as well because they both moving in the right direction as well. Uh, I don't see either team felling on this trade, um, on, on, their, on, their, on their respective, you know, trade what they got back for each, you know, for their respective team as well. Uh, before I pass it back to you, Twani, um, you know, everybody knows, everybody knows about Bleacher Report, you know, as well. So I got Bleacher Report notification that the Pelicans want four future first-round picks. So let me get this straight. You want four future first round picks and then give up the house for AD? Now, don't get me wrong. I like AD. Hey, I'm a diehard Lakers fan, but come on now, man. Now, you, <laughs> now, 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 you just, now, now, that's just ridiculous right there. You know what I'm saying? I could get with two. I could maybe get behind three. Just a maybe, like a 60, like, like a, like a, maybe a 50 50, maybe. For four, and AD's not even playing. Man, you better get off the boo boo with that. You better go on somewhere. Uh uh-uh. uh, no. Matt Johns better not do that. That's a smart man. He better not do And if he do that, I'm going to be upset. You see what I'm saying? What you got to say, 20 on that? Since I brought that up. Before I get to that, did you really just say get off the boo boo, man? Get off the boo boo with that. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did, sir. Shout out to Pepsi. Rest in peace. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what he said on his end. You get off the boo boo. If anybody Man. know about that, if you get off the boo boo with that, yes. <laughs> you went way back. <laughs> I went way back. Yes, I did. I'll let you go ahead and finish. All right. So anyway, 
Um, yeah, uh, Magic Johnson, like I said last week in our podcast, he's way smarter than that. He's he's not going to make that foolish move. That's that's just insane. We're not giving you four future first-round draft picks, no matter where those draft picks would land. Um, and excuse me, I said we like I'm a Lakers fan. That's you, Charlie. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I know Magic Johnson is way smarter than that. That man that played with some of the greatest um, players of all time, whether it was on his Lakers team or it was uh, on the Olympics. And he's just way smarter than to, you know, give up everything he has plus his future. You know, he'd be stuck with a team that, you know, can never, uh, never excel when he give up, you know, future first round draft picks when everybody knowing the NBA, you only get two rounds to begin with, to be, you know, anyway, when you're drafting, everything else is just free agents. It's only two rounds, people, in the NBA draft. That's it. And if you're giving up first round draft picks for a team that's still, you know, developing on, on the rise, then what's the point of you even playing? You know, let's just keep it at 100. And like Charlie said, I also am a AD fan. I've been liking him since he was in high school because I'm a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a Chicagoan. I watched him when he was in college, you know, so I was, I've been rooting for him and stuff. But uh, the team is just taking advantage. So um, if that team think they're getting four future round draft picks from anybody in the league, um, I think they set their own selves up for failure and you're only going to make AD even even more matter because of the fact that he can't get out of a team that he no longer wants to be a part of. You know, you have to be a little bit more flexible and bendable, you know, when getting rid of a player who really don't want to play for you and because he doesn't like the direction of the team and the things that you're doing. So that's that's my take on that part there. Yeah, exactly. You you hit that round the nail. Again, like you said, they only doing this to hurt her AD because the man came out came out with his with his, his agent, you know, uh, came out the, the same agent for LeBron James came out and said that the man don't want to resign with them. He don't want to resign extension with the team, and he wants out. So this how you do this? You 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 jacking up the price for AD? Come on now, man! Y'all was just in the playoffs last year. Are you serious? Like that's how you gonna disrespect this man? This man gave you everything he had, and then sub. And this is how you gonna do them so that way you don't you don't want to trade them, man. That's BS, man. That's BS. Yeah. yeah, that 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 is absurd. You know, that's just way over the top there. So before we go into uh, any more NBA talk, we're just gonna take a quick commercial break. Y'all stick with us. You hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with y'all from the sidelines. All right. Thank you, family, for sticking with us, hearing a word from our sponsors. So we're going to continue to talk about NBA trades talk here. So, Charlie, what else did you uh, have from us from the last week uh, on the NBA front with the trades that, you know, you think is of interest of, that we need to talk about here? I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, the Cleveland Cavaliers um, traded Rodney Hood to the Portland Trailblazers for uh, Nick Stauskas, um, a little like Wade Baldwin, the fourth. Um, and ten, two future second round picks as well. Um, you know, not to re- go into much and in details about like it was with the the Knicks and the Dallas trade. Uh, Rodney Hood is more of someone that can maybe help them when they get into the playoffs. You know, more of a more of a bench player, someone that can come off the bench and shoot the three, maybe add a little defense and some toughness like he did in Utah. Um, a couple years ago when they went off on that playoff run. As well, 
Um, I still think he can. Uh, you know, a change of scenery is always good for a player like him. I mean, he's not, you know, someone that, that, that jumps out to you, but the man can, you know, they feel like the man can still play. Um, with the Cleveland, we're getting these players in future second-round picks. Um, this is more of like just, some, you know, salary cap, um, you know, get rid, you know, get rid of, you know, salary. Let me rephrase that. It's more of just, you know, get rid of someone that doesn't want to be there. Uh, you getting, you know, some players that may be on the team, they may not be on the team. I can see Nick Stauskas being on the team because the man can shoot three as well. But I mean, this is, I mean, you got two teams going a different direction. One team that's going to be in the playoffs, and one team that was in the playoffs is not going to be in the playoffs as well. And that's a rebuilding, rebuilding mode. So I'm going to pass it to you, Twenty, real quick. What you got to say, man? All right. Um, so unlike the uh, New York Knicks and uh, Dallas Mavericks trade, this is not one that anybody's really paying too much attention to. It's just the Cavs, you know, getting rid of a player who they probably felt like they made a mistake when they made that trade, you know, honestly speaking. Um, they felt like they made it a mistake, and the only reason that uh, Rodney Hood was even starting with the Cavs anyway is because of all of the, you know, uh, you know, the loss of LeBron James. Let's not forget when uh, Rodney Hood was with LeBron James, he didn't want to come in and play in garbage time, you know, which is selfish. You know, you, you get in and you play when you play. Obviously, the coach felt like, you know, you wasn't doing something on your part to actually be in there at that time being. So it's like, hey, you know, time to get in and get somebody some rest. You don't want to do that. You you know, you feel like you're better than that. Then you got to prove it. You got to prove it on the offensive end and the defensive end. So I felt like he ain't prove it. So at the end of the day, you know, it, it was time to ship him out. And they probably should have did it a whole lot sooner than keeping him around for this long. You know, so, um, you know, I, it, it, again, it's not much to talk about on, on that aspect. You know, hopefully uh, I'm just sticking with, uh, you know, Rodney Hood on this aspect that he can get himself to at least be in contention over there with uh, with the Blazers to be uh, a six-round draft, uh, excuse me, a six-man for that team, you know, and find a rotation where he fit well because, you know, he probably just ruined any other opportunity for himself to, you know, be, you know, more than just – exactly that a six man for any team so he better you know keep his mouth shut you know just hustle hard on both ends and you know maybe something good to come out of it so um you know so uh just so everybody else know um who haven't been paying attention to the nba uh trade uh the deadline is coming up this friday the 8th so you know you know it's going to be more to talk about there most definitely so we'll definitely keep y'all posted on the next podcast here too so uh, with that note, I think we're just going to go ahead and jump into our final thoughts, Charlie. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with you. I appreciate that. Um, football season is over. Uh, Patriots won. L.A., you know, the Rams lost. Um, you know, the new season doesn't start until March. Um, so now you're going to hear our podcast be more diverse. So it's not going to be strictly just about football. Again, you know what I'm saying? So that, you know, on that aspect of I'm very excited about that as well. Um, I'm going to just say this too. Um, we don't know what's going to happen come on this trade deadline. I'm a little scared if you ask me, because again, this man, th- this man Dimps is asking for four first round picks for AD and being disrespectful. no. Again, Magic Johnson better not do that. He better not do that at all. So I might give him a call myself and say, hey, what is you doing? 
know what I'm saying? You need to get off the boo-boo with that too because you shouldn't do it. So I want AD to come to the Lakers because I am a diehard Lakers fan. But I feel like, and this is my this is my prediction, Twani. I feel like he gonna st- they they gonna stay pat. I feel like they not gonna make a move. I feel like they gonna they gonna hold that man hostage, as well. Which I hope not. But again, that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, what you what, what's your final thoughts, Twani man? My final thoughts here is, um, you know, I'm glad football season is finally over with. Uh, if you know any of our subscribers. Uh, new and old um, and family felt like we, you know, kind of harped on uh, football a little bit too much, especially the Bears. We apologize here. You know, this is our first year uh, doing this, so we definitely going to get better and, you know, try to keep it more diverse. So I uh, just ask y'all keep sticking with us. You know, more sports is coming up. You know, we definitely got, again, NBA, which we're jumping into. We still got to really get into the college basketball here with March Madness right around the corner. Uh, we got more boxing to talk about. We got uh, baseball coming up here it's gonna be spring training um real soon for baseball too so yes, we sir. got a lot of sports and a lot of diversity to talk about and we definitely gonna uh bring that to you again please hit our uh you know our email at from the sideline guys with a s at gmail.com other than that um it was a great football season you know no matter what the outcome was can't complain at all it was great to see some other teams you know uh you know losing teams get back into the winning you know um on the afc side and the nfc side I just hate the way that it ended with seeing the same team, you know, the Patriots be right back in it again. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, as far as the NBA, you know, I also agree with you, Charlie. I don't think that the Lakers are going to make a trade, and I don't think anybody in the NBA is going to make an absurd trade that uh, that the Pelicans uh, owner is trying to do. So we're just going to have to wait to see AD in the free agency period here, you know, so. But that's it for me on that on, on my final thoughts. So on that note, we just go ahead and close out the show, and uh, we'll be back with y'all next week. You know, with some more exciting news, and hopefully, you know, some uh, some big blockbuster trades in the NBA here, and some college basketball as well too. So, Hold on, Twenty, before before you before you close it out, man, let's drop our Twenty here uh, Twitter handle one more time, man. So I'm gonna go ahead and drop mine real quick again. So it's Charlie A six O six as well. Also, shout out to. Um, um, C, um, CKFL or CF, CFKL. I'm in a fantasy, I'm in, uh, I'm in a football league on Madden as well. So shout out to them as well. I am the Bears, of course, and I will dominate that. So I ain't even tripping. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what I do with my, with, with our Bears. Twenty, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to represent. I'm going to go ahead and pass it back to you one more time, man, to close it out. All right, so closing it out here, my Twitter handle at uh, branding underscore elite uh, at Twitter, and also the same thing for IG. And one more time, uh, the email at uh, uh, from the sideline guys with an S at gmail.com. Y'all hit us up, please, and hit that mash that subscribe button. Um, you know, share it with somebody else, tell them, tell them about us, you know, and keep coming back, you know. We appreciate it, and we got mad love for all y'all. So on that note, we just going to go ahead and close it out for sure this time. So from the sidelines, we appreciate y'all. From the sidelines, man. All right. We out, baby.